the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest ball. <laughs> with Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This yeah, microphone put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal. Hannibal. Mr.comer on weei.com. He was so good the last time we decided to bring him back. Mike Giardi of NFL Network back with us to recap Tom Brady's win over the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Um, we'll start off. We'll start with Mike, the guest. What were your uh, initial reaction from the game? Sorry, Andy, you're pouting in the background. Yep. That game sucked. I mean, I, I, I had hyped it up in my head. It was going to be one of the all-timers, last possession type thing. And um, Tampa Bay just dominated pretty much from start to finish. Um, and, and, you know, it's not the sexiest thing to talk about. But, you know, I think the smart people looked at this game and said, can the two backup tackles for Kansas City hold up against Tampa Bay? And the answer was a no, no, and no. I mean, absolute – Mike Remmers – if you go back and watch this game over again, I mean, I, I felt horrible for the guy. I mean, he's a journeyman. He's, I think this is ninth team in nine years or eighth in nine years or something like that. And he's not a left tackle, and he was absolutely outclassed. And it just – your whole offense went to crap. I guess I would say the one thing about that, though, is Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid, supposed to be offensive geniuses, at what point do you decide, hey, let's keep a – Let's keep a tight end in here. Let's let's chip JPP. Let's chip Shaq Barrett. Let's try to do something here to change things up. They 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 didn't do it, and they got they got embarrassed. Ding 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 ding. That's my biggest takeaway. Like I thought, I had in my whole I had my whole preview built around this is the year of offense. This is the year of offensive coordinators. Steve Sarkeesian made his name in the national championship game with everything he did. Andy Reid's gonna like stamp himself as the next great coach, like the legend. And he fell on his face. And, I mean, I've seen some people say, oh, maybe it was, you know, sun-related DUI. I don't really buy that. The game plan was in. You. I was going to say, the game plan was established long before that whole thing happened. Like, they got caught with their pants down. They made no adjustments. You know, you can talk about the tackles. And, yes, at times it looked like there was a glitch, like the tackle froze and the pass <laughs> rusher didn't, like the T-Mobile commercials. But there's also something to be said for adjust screens misdirection like deuce like it's like they never made an effort i felt like i was watching what people thought the bucks were early in the year oh we're not going to adjust for tom brady we're just going to drop back throw it deep oh he's under pressure well he'll have to learn like and mahomes was just running for his life even though they didn't have to blitz to do it i was reading i think the great mike giardi had some of the numbers about you know two blitzes in 29 pressures or whatever the numbers were it was you never get an opportunity to get the players involved that you have at your disposal. And then when you did, I will say early on, I thought Hill, Kelsey, and Mahomes. Mahomes missed that one throw early that maybe that's a game changer or momentum changer. Kelsey sucks. He's just overrated. He puts up numbers. He's a modern stat accumulator. I would – what do we call it, like a, a trench guy or an or a alley guy? I wouldn't want to go into an alley with him. He stinks. I would say he stinks, but he's he not – the, the, the numbers, numbers that he puts up do not match like how he impacts the game. I would agree. He drops balls. He doesn't have a lot of fight. He waits for the ball instead of going to get the ball. Like he's not, a t- he's not a tight end. Someone asked me during the game. They're like, "Well, what? You know, to my point about like keeping a tight end at block. Why don't you use Kelsey to do that? That's not what he is. Right. And anyone, you know, when the people started to make the comparisons, especially Gronk's last year in New England, when obviously he wasn't the same player. Like, oh, Kelsey's the best tight end in the league. 
yeah, I guess, but he's not a tight end. You know what I mean? Like right. he, he's labeled as one, but that's not what he does. That's not the, that's not the position. I, and I realize it's a new position now. I mean, Darren Waller is another one who's a good sure. blocker, um, but is more of a receiver than he is a tight end. But uh, he, he just, yeah, that was, gonna, a lot of big, a lot of, to your point, a lot of big time players came up small for Kansas City. Yes, their coach. They're, like, I thought the quarterback – He's taking a lot of crap locally because it's a Brady Mahomes oh, thing. I mean, everybody's bad, bad, like, bad. I thought he showed up. I thought he fought till the finish. I thought, you know, he, that diving, falling underhand is, is one of the great throws you'll ever see. I mean, that other play that lasted forever, he did the pirouette before throwing to the back pylon and hit the back pylon. Like, he fought. Like, but even him running around in the pocket, he had to do that. It wasn't like he was just being stupid. Like, he, oh, he had yeah, to no. do that to avoid rushers. It was jailbreak every freaking – you know, it was the old high school lookout block. It was like his line didn't like him and was trying to teach him a lesson. We don't like you, and we're going to do it on the biggest stage. But I don't think that was the case. I just think they stunk against a good good pass rush. What are your well, thoughts yeah. on, on Brady's performance? I mean, efficient, you know, smart, uh, handled the ball, protected the football, spread it out pretty well. I mean, if you had gone into this game and said, what, did Evans and Godwin have three catches or something combined? I yeah. look up the final numbers, but, like – You'd say, oh, boy, they were screwed. No, he just distributed the ball. The, the plan was solid. And, it, that, I mean, that's sort of a standard later in Brady's career sort of performance, you know, like just in control, calm, distribute the football, make the right decisions, protect the football. And, you know, he's not the reason they won, but he sure as hell wasn't the reason why they were going to lose that game. Mm-hmm. And then when there's an interception, relax. The refs will take care of it. Relax. There's nothing here, nothing to see here. Uh, I hated the officiating in the first half last yes. night. And, and look, as we're talking about all these things that went wrong for Kansas City, it probably doesn't matter. Like, no. There's like 2% chance that maybe it changes the game. But, God, you know, we, we go through this entire season. Again, it was sort of like the, the NFC Championship game. You mm-hmm. let them play, let them play, let them play. And then all of a sudden, at the end of the game, you're, you're throwing – or in big spots, you're throwing flags. Let them play. It wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't awful early on. You know, some of the calls in the second half, I think, had to be made. But in the first half, yeah, just let them play. Yeah, I was – and I was glad that um, Nate, don't call him Washington Burleson, and <laughs> Sorry, Hooper nice uh, called them out. At, you know, I don't think you always see that in a Super Bowl and halftime in a network and a partner. I thought they were pretty vocal in terms of let them play. And to get back to your point, though, I was it, – it wouldn't have mattered. They weren't going to win. Yeah, there were a couple calls that changed some things, but I think the Bucks were the better team. The Bucks' defense was just – I have a new crush, White. Devin White is just – as somebody who likes linebacker play, watching him this postseason, and I also liked his attitude. He brought, you know, some severe spunk and chippiness. He was hitting and talking to anything in where I was wearing red, and I absolutely loved it. And he, he did it in a productive way, whereas I thought – Tyron Matthew was a whiny little bitch who didn't make a single play and started sulking. And he was yelling at his teammates instead of the other team half the game. That was also, that was also a bad sign. You know, like, you know, if you're into body language type stuff, which obviously we spent 20 years dissecting Brady's body language at times like that. Some of the, some of his actions were just like, dude, settle down, like project confidence, not this frustration and this anger. You were, you were just a hot mess. And it just, if it, if you're the leader that everyone says you are on that defense, dudes are looking at you going, you know, what, what are you doing? And there's another one, Chris Jones, who obviously was awesome in the Super Bowl last year and got his big contract. Yep. He was invisible in this game. And you're just like, 
have you watched Ryan Jensen? For the better part of the year, that guy comes into the, into the pile borderline late, if not late, all the time. That's what he does, and he's trying to rile you up. And what happens? He gets Chris Jones to commit a dumb penalty. It just well, there, there was so much stuff like that where you're like, Kansas City, I thought you were here last year. I thought you, you had matured past this point, and you were now into this, this elite team. They weren't. At least they, they weren't, they weren't yeah. yesterday. Not so I didn't believe it before the game, but I think Brady's impact is really bigger than I thought. Just like his leadership, like Fournette talked about it after the game, just like his belief throughout the week that they could win the game. And I didn't really give that much credit going in, but I guess I'm a believer now. Are you guys in that same yeah. boat? I mean, we've talked about that a little bit as the year ebbed and flowed, but like the placebo effect. I think the Tom Brady placebo effect, They and, and Bruce Arians gave him full credit. You know, I kind of like that about Bruce Arians. Like, he seems like he has a massive ego through all the ups and downs, but then he's very willing to say, we're here for one reason, that guy. That guy showed up and taught us how to win. So I appreciated that, and I do. I think the, 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 the atmosphere around that team changed when 12 got there, and it should. I mean, you should have more confidence when that guy walks in the room. Like, he brings a certain resume with him that is unparalleled in history, but to see it play out was, was pretty interesting. Yeah, and then you look at what happened in New England without him. And, and look, there were a lot of other things that went into the type of season they had, but you go to quarterback play and they loved the guy, but he didn't inspire confidence and certainly didn't inspire confidence in big moments. And when you fail in a couple of those and you're still early in the year, then you're like, oh, well, we're here again. Oh, we're not going to. Whereas with Brady, even at the end, when when obviously they weren't the same kind of team and the offense looked about as crappy at the end of last year as it did for the, or two years ago as it did this year with Cam Newton. You just said, well, it's Brady. Like, there is still a belief that he can somehow maybe make this happen, whereas with Cam, you're like, nah, nope, not going to happen. Just not. And now we have to get to the star of the game, the guy I was actually rooting for. I was just going to say, he should have won MVP. Gronk. I, that's the one part that I really enjoyed was Gronk. Now – this is where I'd like Gronk to actually retire again, go out on top, two touchdowns, kind of like the Patriots Super Bowl. Like, you weren't great, but you made a big play. You, you helped the team win. You did it again. I think he's going to go to the well one too many times. And unlike Brady, I think at some point he's going to come up empty-handed and be a shell of himself. But that was fun to watch. And I know it wasn't anything miraculous. Like, the first one was just a great misdirection. I mean, Ryan could have scored on that if they had thrown it yeah. to him. Like, almost anybody could have scored. I was going to say Giardi, but he's a noted, you know, college receiver. So he, could have made more, he could have had some other touchdowns in that game. <laughs> right. But it was fun to see Gronk uh, have success on the big stage again. Obviously, the way it ended here for him was um, he, he, we saw a side of him in 2018 that we hadn't seen before. And then you hear the stories that, you know, we report on the stories that came out after and how – you know, just much he couldn't stand playing for Belichick there. At the Even end last the- night after the game, he said, I felt done walking off that field. Uh, and there's no question. I mean, we, we saw it that whole year. We kept looking at each other. Remember, you do those press conferences at the podium, and we'd be like, man, he's like, someone give him a hug. He was just so depressed and so down. And you just, you could tell it was, at, at then that moment, it was over for him. And, and just sort of the rebirth here. And to your point, Andy, he wasn't, he wasn't awesome. You know, I mean, I think he blocked really well, which I think gave them you know, certainly an edge in that regard that something as we can Kansas city wouldn't do with their tight end, but it was pretty cool. And he, he is um, maybe a little bit more calculated than we give him credit for in terms of some of the stuff that he has done away from the field and the way he's marketed himself. But there is just that there is a real lovable 
thing about him that people embrace and to, to see him get back to the top of the mountain again was pretty cool. I, I was happy for him. I know, you know, look, my, my kids were rooting for the chiefs. Maybe that had something to do with me, but my kids were rooting for the chiefs, but they, you know, when Gronk scored, we're like, ah, Gronk, you know, Gronk, we love Gronk, you know? That, that's how I was. I was rooting for the chiefs. I was not rooting for Brady. I wasn't necessarily rooting against him. Like I don't have this distaste for him. He just, He's not the guy I was rooting for in the but Gronk, like, I don't know how you can not get ex- – and it's funny because I think – and Ryan's written about this. Fitzy wrote a little bit about this over the course of the year. There's still a big chunk of Patriot Nation that's pissed off with Gronk and the way it is. Oh, ended. they changed last night. I hope so. It better damn well have because that's the guy that's genuine. That's the guy that's lovable. That's the guy that's saying, hey, Karen, are you in there? Where are you, Karen? <laughs> Wait, are you in Boston? I'm in Tampa. How are you talking to me? Like – like to your point like he's not sulky anymore he's loving life like screwing yeah. around it's that's it's, old school it was old school grunk what you know it, especially this week you got to see that that sort of the guy that we grew up with a little bit in that locker room the guy that would goof around you know like that that was the same guy and that and that's cool to see do you think that looking for like you talked about grunk maybe coming back too many times hmm. they're still gonna be good next year though like yes. they have they're they're basically most of their team is going to be back so, and they're not asking Gronk to do the things that he used to do with New England. So do you think like next year is the year that he might not you know, be there? Like, I, I don't think he's in a, he's in a good spot. He's not asked to be the guy. So he kind of can. Yeah, limit and they'll get OJ Howard back. So again, they'll, right. they're, they're able to, I think, I think, I think his contract is, I'll have I to double right. check that, but I think he's back. You him on? You're the expert. You're the national guy. I don't, what, what, do I got to already look at contracts and stuff? Can you give me a few days? Can you give me a few days? Um, yeah, I, I think that they used him wisely, you know, like obviously yeah. there was more, there was more pass blocking and stuff, but the, we didn't see him run down the scene a ton of times, you know, they weren't, they weren't exposing him to that. And I think that's, that's smart, you know, give him, think the long view with him. Right. And it obviously paid off in the postseason for them because he did a great job blocking earlier. And then obviously catching a couple touchdowns in the Super Bowl and a couple big balls down the middle as well. So, um, yeah, I, I, their, their team, what Godwin, I would assume probably goes if they don't want to well, franchise him. And your, your guy, coworker, rap sheet, say they're going to franchise tag him? I mean, that makes sense. Hold on to him for one more year because you're clearly in the now, right? I mean, they unlike some of the stuff that happened here, despite what Bill said, um, Tampa Bay is planning as if we, we're all in, we're all in right now because they look at the window and the quarterback and, Christ, he could play at least 48. I don't, I don't know. But, I mean, as of right now, you got to take it year by year with him and – if that's the case, give him all the pieces that he has. I, I mean, I would assume Antonio Brown comes back for not a ton of money. He's right. a douche. Biggest like <laughs> I, I, I can't stand like this week was brutal. His what, what was it Wednesday or Thursday press mm. conference? Like no accountability. He played himself like he's a victim. Like come on. And then last night after the game with the Zoom, you'd act like he was like a, a seventh grader. He was doing an Instagram live before it even started. He was on his phone the entire time. At one point, he stood up and took a selfie. Like, he, he's one guy. Like, Gronk's a guy that makes you want to root for the Bucks. He's one guy that you just can't get past. And along those lines, I said to Ryan earlier before we, we started, I thought it was interesting when Brady was talking about AB, he said something very specific about since he's gotten here, he's done all the right things or whatever, sort of distancing himself from the past and, and everything that went on. And it's like, okay, you can paint that narrative. But then I go to Instagram and I see he puts on his story um, reposting somebody who said, congratulations, bro, at AB. Tell everybody who counted you out to eat one and 
F U blank blank K ya. Oh yeah, he's making all the right decisions. He's yeah. he's a reformed great guy now. Like, oh, his kids are on the field. It's a family story. Oh, that's great. It's crap. Like, it's crap. He is who he is. He can still play. Although I will say on his touchdown, Gronk was open too. I wish he had thrown to Gronk for number <laughs> two. Would have had the trifecta. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm I've I think I'm well on record as I'm not a fan of that guy. Uh, I'm not a fan of the stuff that he's done. I was happy to see at least some of the national writers after, as you said, Ryan, tried to paint himself as the as the victim and poor poor old me. Dude, you did these things. Yep. And you did some horrible things to some people that um, they may never recover from, mm-hmm. you know, psychologically, uh, let alone physically. So, I, you know, wh- whatever. I mean, that's... I guess that's part of the part of the deal, right? But it, to to try to cast him as some sort of, oh my God, he overcame so much, and people doubted him. No, dude, you put yourself in this spot. This is everything that's happened to him um, since he whatever, whatever you want to say. The turning point with was with him because I know that people when he first came to Pittsburgh said, really nice kid, like down to earth, just wanted to grind, and then obviously all of a sudden, you know, he became a superstar, and then in becoming a superstar, I think his whole mindset sort of changed and everybody owed him something versus him trying to prove to everyone that he was the guy and I mean he's 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 fairly loathsome okay so the Brady thing like I wrote this that like to me he has reached just a, a totally different level like he is on the the football goat thing quarterback goat thing is stupid like that is long gone and hard to find now you just start saying who is he in the same conversation with? And, you know, I wrote this morning, like Babe Ruth or (laughs) Babe Ruth is now the Tom Brady of baseball kind of thing. Like he's, he's changed the game. He's the way Babe Ruth did with winning and home runs and altered the game and built things. Like that's what Brady is doing. Whether you like him or not is irrelevant to the conversation. When you start talking about the old measuring stick was if you're going to be the greatest of all time, it's four Super Bowls. Well, that's long. He's, on his way to doubling it. I don't bet against him in terms of doubling it. And the Super Bowl appearances and playing till you're, you know, 43 is long gone now. And I'm sorry, I watched the game last night. Did he look old? Was there nope. one time when you said he looked old? Even nope. the, the bad snap, a, a play that could set him up to look old where he has to react athletically and sprint and dive on it. He looked the same as he would have looked in 2003, 2004, because he was never – you know, he was never going to be Deshaun and pick it up with one hand, spin out of it, throw 30 yards. So I, I guess my question is, what the hell are we seeing with Tom Brady? Like, it seems fake. It seems stupid. You know, the old idea that if you came to Disney and said, here's the movie, he does this, he does this, he's a late pick, he wins this. Oh, but then later, like, this is the sequel. This is like the the Mighty Ducks 3 where you're like, all right, are we going to keep playing this story out? Like, how long are we going here? That's where he is. Like, he's in the third straight to DVD part of the story if this were a movie. It's like he made a deal with the devil, right? I mean, to be doing this at this level and and to be doing it as consistently as he has done it, I know 40 touchdown passes this year, it's just stupid. And I I know the rules have changed and it's easier to be a quarterback these days because if you get anywhere near them, flags come out and if, heaven forbid, you land on them, you're you're a criminal if, if that happens. And, and, and part of you saying, you know, he never looked old last night. Well, they never let him get touched. Right. I mean, I think he got sacked once. Um, and it was sort of a typical Brady, like the pocket was going down. And he's just like, I'm, I'm right. going to just yep. get as small as I possibly can into a ball. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't. 
I mean, how do you not go into next year and say Tampa Bay is the favorite? Like, I know Vegas has the odds and all this stuff. You played great for the last month and a half. It's uh, one that entire team's mindset into this championship-type team. It's crazy to think. And to you, when you say, like, Babe Ruth, and I know, like, you know, people can point out, like, Bill Russell with the 11 and 13 years, I don't even count that because I – the sports then versus the sports now, the number of athletes, the pool is bigger, the, right. the, the quality of athletes, the training and all that stuff. To me, the only person I can compare him to at this point is Michael Jordan. Yeah. That's it. I mean, I wouldn't, because I, like I said, I think that the, you know, the Bill Russell playing against the Indiana, whatever with the you know, high socks and the guy's six foot five, like it's just a different game what Brady's doing now and what he's been, been able to do for two decades as the league has changed. Cause let's face it, when he first came in, you could smash the quarterbacks. You could crush tight ends and wide receivers going across the middle. You could head hunt. That was, that was part of the game in the 2001 through whatever, 2006, 2007, then to go 50 touchdown passes, then to morph into this guy that's putting up the Peyton Manning numbers every year, you know, like he didn't do that before. Well, now he does it. And now to be doing it at 43, and an entirely different era of the NFL is it's, it's and compare like I also get into the comparison like so we'll keep it modern Jordan's the obvious one you know he now has seven compared to Jordan six but to me his seven are even more valuable because Jordan six came in a first of all come in a league that's still if you're the best player you got a really good shot and a league where a lot of teams win multiples in various you know from the 80s into the night like you win two you win three you three Pete they help Basketball is where three-peat came from with the Lakers and Pat Riley. That's a league where you do that. So your contemporaries were winning multiple titles around you in the last 30 years around Jordan. Tom Brady's contemporaries, other than Eli Manning, Peyton Manning, but like, you know, the Rodgers, the Breezes, the Wilsons, who knows, the Mahomeses. Like, you, like if you win two, you're doing something. Like, the, the great ones have struggled to win one, and Brady's winning seven, like, and, and, and doing it in different iterations and doing yeah. it when he was the guy doing it when he was not the guy, like just uh, now doing it with a new team. It's just, it, it, it is truly remarkable. And at the end of the broadcast, they had a picture of Mahomes on the bench, just sort of shoulders slumped and kind of staring out there. And, you know, they're like, well, he's got to win eight now to be the greatest of all time. And that's, that's assuming that Tom doesn't win another one. Right. I mean, that's, that number is just so far out there, you know, to, to believe that someone could, could get there is. It's I mean, like the I, national I, debt. It's like, you know, when they warn us about that digital board that just keeps yes. going up and yes. you're like, well, but that's not a real number. Like I can't put that into perspective. Yep. Brady is like the national debt billboard where it just keeps ticking up and other quarterbacks are like, well, that's, that's not a real number. You don't expect me to actually consider that part of my life. The other thing that, you know, you talk about the very end of the broadcast and the visuals and you talk about the Mahomes one, the Brady visual on the last interception when he like jumps in. Um, this isn't Malcolm Butler at the goal line intercepting it. The game had been over for like 45 an hour. And like he's still jumping up and down like a little kid. That's the part of him that I say isn't fake. That's not fabricated for TV. Like there is a genuine love of football, love of competing, love of success, and not. If you're around him, you're part of his well, That's real. Yeah. And, uh, Go ahead. I was going to just get change, like Brady's 
attitude this week. I thought he was the most relaxed he's ever been the week of a Super Bowl. Do you think that's a influ- because of Bruce Arians, like who he was with? Like he was just that confident. Like I don't. I think him being in Tampa Bay obviously increased his career, like multiple multiple years. But it's because of the way his attitude. Like he, the the stress. He couldn't play that much longer for Belichick, but now playing for a relaxed system like Arians is now increasing his career from a mental perspective and not a physical perspective. I mean, you'd love to hit him with a true serum, right? Because he, he says, you know, he, when he was asked about the Patriots all week long, you know, hey, I had a wonderful time there. We know now in the, in the last year sort of some of the little things that have leaked about how he didn't even want a contract at the, at the end. Like, mm-hmm. I, I was done. Mentally, I was done there. Sort of what Gronk said, basically, like, I walked off that field in 2018 knowing I was done. Brady walked into 2019 knowing that he was done in New England. And, yeah, there is, I think – an energy that he's gotten from the change. And, you know, I know Giselle sometimes gets poked at for her influence, but he said it, you know, she's moved all over the place and and tried a million different things and had success. And she was sort of a bug in his ear, like, Hey, you, I did it. So many people do it. You can do it. You don't have to be married to that spot. You can go try something else with somebody else. And and it might actually benefit you. And it, and it certainly, you see the joy that he was playing with, as you mentioned, and he's just a psychopath competitor, right? I mean, I, I, I think that's, if you're going to make the comparison to Jordan too, I think we, and we saw in the last dance, how just petty Jordan could be at times. And I don't know that Tom has that pettiness outwardly at times, but I think that competitive drive and the things that he uses to fuel himself, I think there's a real similarity there in sort of how they carry themselves in that regard and how they motivate themselves. And it's just, you know, he was even talking this past week about, you know, I see some of these quarterbacks and the way they move around and they extend plays and, you know, like, I need to do that. I'm going to work on that. I don't know how much you can change your foot speed going from 43 to 44, but if anybody can do it, it's this guy. And the, the thing I think, first of all, is my internet connection fine? Uh, it, was little, it was a little shaky earlier, but yeah, you're a little suspect. Bryce, Comcast, get it together. Um, because you know what it is, all the damn kids are home because it's a snow day. So everybody and their brothers on the internet around here. We don't have a snow day. Our kids are in school. Oh, mine are home. Um, and everybody else's are. It's a full remote day here in Dartmouth. So I, I asked Peter King this week, do you think Brady is like happier, more content than ever? Because I think he is. Like Absolutely. I think I, I was actually watching, um, this is weird because I don't even know if it was actual news, but I was watching uh, Regis, no, Kelly and Ryan, whatever the hell the name of the show is now. Yep. And Ryan uh, Seacrest was reading Brady's daily schedule on their show and literally reading like it was fact. He didn't say where he got it from. He just said, I have Tom Brady's daily schedule. And it included a lot of downtime, let's just say, family time and in-season schedule or just a yeah his daily in-season schedule because at one point he said if there's practice he's here he's at the the workout from you know 130 to four and I'm like so are you applying he doesn't go he's not putting in like eight ten twelve hour days at the football facility and it, it literally talked about you know middle of the day after lunch sometimes he'll go out with the kids on the water and do and that's the vibe I get that they have found some Brady Bucks Giselle triangle of balance of of happiness, and I think that's a big part of why he seems so relaxed, why he 
hell yeah, I'll play beyond 45. I'll play beyond this contract. Like I'm still good. And I found a place where we can go on the boat like Tuesday. He's like me. He's sneaking in a Tuesday afternoon (laughs) boat ride with the kids. And it's like, yeah, I like this job. Yeah. I like this schedule. Like, do you think he's as content as ever? I I think he is. And I I think the, 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 the part about the kids as they get older now and they have more appreciation for what he's doing, you know, you, they're not little guys anymore. Not little, his Vivian's not this little kid, you know, like they're growing and they're seeing this and they're, they're able to read what's what people are saying on the internet or watch ESPN or, or, or NFL network and hear these wonderful things that people say about their father. Right. And it's like, I think there's something cool about that. Like now they're, they're not just passengers. They're experiencing this whole thing. And he's able to share that daddy is the greatest quarterback of all time daddy might be the greatest team sport athlete of like there's all these things now and it's like holy crap how cool is that i mean andy i've seen you you bring your kids to to various patriot things and like be able to share some of that stuff with them and as they get older they're not hanging on you you know i'm hot get me a gatorade no they're watching practice they're watching this guy and that guy like I've taken my kids to some of the training camp things and they'll watch. And like, it's the same thing. It's like the the focus as they get older changes and they're able to appreciate and understand what's happening more and more. And I think he's really sharing and enjoying sharing that with them. And I mean, the scene on the field after the game, it's pretty damn cool. Oh, well, I was you know, just going to say, that's right like, up there. The, the, the three of us aren't like Brady's biggest fans, but like, you have to say like, that was a cool moment to have with your kids. Oh, no question. Yeah. Also quick reaction. The oldest kid, He's huge. He taller than me now because he was not short next to Brady, and Brady's like six five. So I was like, "Son of a bitch, that kid's gonna be great someday. He's gonna be something. He's gonna be, you know, good looking." Well, and he's one. That, he's one that's into sports. Oh boy, he's got the genes. Um, uh, I, I will say though, you know, like Gretzky's kids who all had like brief dabblings in in major college sports or in, in pro baseball. I think one of them they never ascended. Right. Jordan's kids never. You know, they never like that's a hard. Because you're always going to hear that. If there's one downside if you're an athlete, you're always going to hear, well, how come he's not as good as his dad? How come he's not even half as good as his dad? Well, his dad was the best of all damn time, right? I mean, what are you going to do? The Mannings did okay, right? Got a couple Mannings in there. No, who's who's the good one, though? Like, isn't – so Peyton's kids aren't old enough. Eli's aren't old enough. It's – is it Cooper's kids? But there's a there's a there's a good one, but I think it's the the, the brother of the – you know, it's – Archie's yeah. kids made out okay. Like yeah, now yeah, we're on the yeah, third that's generation. That's true. That's true. Um, Archie wasn't the greatest of all time. I just no. I just want to point out, Ryan. I think I brought that up. He was just uh, Mike Giardi was just articulating my Goldberg comparison. And Mike, you probably are not familiar with my Goldberg comparison, but I know who Goldberg is. Okay. Well, every like one of the talks with Brady is at some point does he just want to go watch the kids, hang out with the kids, they're in sports, whatever. Goldberg, who had his early run in like the 90s or whatever, maybe early 2000s as, you know, the next big thing in wrestling, blah, blah, blah. He came back probably five years ago now because of his kids. They were babies at the time. And now he had kids that never knew he was like the coolest guy on the planet. And he specifically came back to wrestling, came back to WrestleMania and all that because he wanted and they made it kind of part of the storyline. Like he went out of the ring and they're like in the front row seats and like, they're seeing firsthand a, a, an entire arena of 80,000 people chant Goldberg. Like he specifically wanted his kids to feel what he had felt or what he had been a part of. 
And I think Brady could be the same thing there. He's in green Bay. Can I go see my son? Like they're enjoying it. And most importantly, Giselle is now on board. It doesn't seem like you're on the, well, I negotiated two more years or I negotiated two more Super Bowls or I nego. No, it seems like she's all in. Like, let's do this. Let's see how long we can run this. Well, like, are, they're on a, uh, you know, a mansion in Tampa Bay, night weather, can jump on the lake right. at any time. Like, I'm sure that helps too. And it's not crappy New England weather. And, you know, Giselle's from Brazil. So that's probably obviously better for her too. And, and her husband might not be coming home going, that I got a, I got a throw to, to Gunner. You know, I, I got a. Oh, why'd you get a pick Gunner? Well, I know it. I like Gunner. I'm just like undrafted, like whatever. You know, I'm right. talking like just this is what they've surrounded me with versus, you know, Tampa. I've got not only do I, I, I inherit Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and, and, and Rojo and Cameron Brake, but then I get in and Jason Light's ear and I convince him that we got to get Antonio Brown and, oh, we're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. Then they do it. You know, we get Gronkowski. Like, I have, I have all this. Like, I have this great influence. And, like, he's going home going, hon, yeah, you know, like, this is like 07 all over again. In right. fact, it might be better than 07. I don't know. Like, this, this is fantastic. And my coach is, you know, he, he wants to get a glass of wine by 6 o'clock. So, we're, we're like, we don't have to grind. And I have the answers to the test. So, screw it. This is the greatest thing ever. Yeah. I, I, do you think that Belichick and the Patriots could have – Made no. that setup? No. I agree. See, I think this is the best ending to this story in a lot of ways because Patriots, like, I wrote this column last week. Like, if they had stayed, did you really want Brady to stay? Because he would have missed the playoffs with Belichick. They wouldn't have been a good offense. You know, let's even pretend Gronk is here. He would have looked old. You would have leaned on him too much. Like, none of this would have happened with the Patriots. So you almost, in a weird way, not that it's Ray Bork, but you get to see your great kind of continue to succeed and you're still rooting for him in Jan late January and February. None of this would have or could have happened in New England. None of it. Yeah, the only thing to be irritated about if you're a patient, well, I mean, look, you can go back to 2016, 2017. Could there have been a long-term contract there and had greased the skid so this didn't come to this, but already did. This is what happened. If you're a Patriot fan, again, the only thing you really should be grousing about is the fact that you had no plan. Right. They signed Cam Newton in June. Well, you, you did, and then he's traded to San Francisco. Well, yeah, exactly. And that's uh, that'll be Bill's we argument. We don't have to. We only got five minutes left. We can't get him down the garage. We we got that. We can have that conversation later. You know, like like we, ten we other time. times before March. Yeah, probably. See, did you hear that, Ryan? I think he's he's signing up for a future podcast. I'm, we got I'm all the all in. I. Giardi, Perillo, we got all. We got Giardi more guests than we know up. what to do with now. Perillo is so grumpy. Um, so grumpy. You should have heard his podcast last week when oh. I had the audacity to say with $60 million, the 15th pick in the draft, that they'll be more talented next year. And he goes, I'm not so sure about that. He doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't think they've bottomed out yet. He no. thinks they still have more bottoming out to do. Well, I mean, it, it's, it depends on what they do with that money, though. Like, it, I, I generally trust they'll them. they'll be more this... talented. Like, they, if, if they – Sure, but their I mean, defense their defense started to go this way. And some of these players that – like Devin two years ago was great. Last year he wasn't great. Gilmore, especially in the beginning of the year, wasn't very good. And we know there are things going on with him. I'm assuming he's not going to be back. I mean, that's, that's been my feeling all along. And some of this money we talk about, like, oh, like they're not going out and spending all the money on, like, the top free agents. They can't – they actually can't afford to do it 
and bring back some of their own players. Like, well, but even if they just, you know, I've said six to eight million dollar type guys and sign six or eight of them. But like, to your players, the the tight end position was the worst position in football the last two years. If you add any guy, you're gonna be better than you were last year. So you're yeah, but so so, you know, uh, our good buddy Mike Reese keeps bringing up Hunter Henry's name. No, why the hell would Hunter Henry want to play here? And why would you? How how do you convince Hunter Henry to play here? Do you, you know how you convince Hunter Henry to play here? You say, what's your max offer? Oh, it's, it's $11 million a season? We'll give you 15 Right. What's your guarantee, $25? we will give you 35 Because who's throwing him the ball? It's going to be a rookie? Is it going to be Mariota? Is it going to be Jimmy? What, like, is it going to be – are you rolling back with Cam again and some, and some second-round draft pick at quarterback? Like, and even regardless you, you of – You've got to really extend yourself. Right. And what's the return on the investment? I mean, we're talking about Hunter Henry, good player. Good yeah. player. Is he the greatest of all time? Is he, is he Tyreek Hill? Is he a game-changing, the whole offense is built around him? No. So, I, like, yeah, I don't, I don't buy that. I think there's going to be a depth of additions that will make them more talented. But sounds like you're a little bit I – mean, we got two negative guests we bring week in and week out. They haven't I, I thought did, about – You just got to show me how, you just gotta show me how you're going to spend it. I, I don't I, – and, like, you have your, some of your own guys. Like, I, we all assume Tooney's gone. Well, you, you figure you want to bring Andrews back. Andrews is a $10 million a year center in this market. That's yeah. what that is. That's fine. Okay. In the middle. So now you got, you went from 60, 60 million to 50 million, just like that. Yeah, we'll I know see. you can get creative with your, yes. but we'll see. It sounds yeah. like we have to bring him back for another, uh, we can do the same thing we did with Paul. It does, but let's not end on the sour off season note Patriots. Yes. Let's end on, well, sour Super Bowl note. The Super Bowl sucked, but Brady is the greatest. Gronk was fun to watch. You have another year of everything that's gone on. Ryan Hannibal's tweeting about the ratings have never been higher for a Super Bowl in, in Boston. So you got two teams for another year, right? I guess so. Oh, absolutely two teams for another year. And again, that just turns the heat up on, on Belichick. Okay, you lost round one. What are you doing round two? True. All right. Thanks for joining us, Mike. Uh, our time's running out because we don't have we, – we, uh, we're chief here. We have no more quarters to put in the machine. We, we could have gone on for hours. Get, get, come on, EEI. Rob Bradford, let's get on this, buddy. Let's get let's – get, let's, let's increase the budget a little bit here. I mean, this is, this is shameful. All right. We'll have to bring Mike back for another week. All right. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. Yeah.